When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to your Tuesday morning Tradies News. In a nutshell, it's Tuesday, the 11th of July, 2023. Daniel Pedgrew back with you for the course of the next hour, starting your sporting day right here on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. one 1170 our open line number. You can text 0457 Three, six. That's all before breakfast with Vossi and Trent Copeland. Copes this morning for listeners through SCN 1170 AM in Sydney and for listeners in Queensland, Patton Hills to take you through uh, your breakfast show from 6 AM. Lots to get through today. A lot of rugby league news. Of course, Origin tomorrow night. Uh, creeping up upon us. The cricket still dominates as well after Australia's loss to England. Paul Dennett will join me in about half an hour from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to review all the action of what was a very interesting third test and maybe look a little ahead to maybe some of the possible changes and some of the key questions coming out of the third test match heading into the fourth test match beginning next Wednesday. Wimbledon going on as well. We'll keep you across that as well, getting towards the business end of that. So plenty on the agenda on this Tuesday morning. 0457 736 736, our text number, or you can call the open line anytime. 1300 01 1170 at 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Reem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a ream. Yes, except nothing less than Australia's best at install a ream, Australia's favourite hot water. Now, yesterday, Josh Reynolds announced his retirement. Almost effective immediately. He'll play one more game this weekend at Belmore Oval, and we'll get to all of that in a second. And I think it's probably being a bit harsh on him to call him a cult hero because he was very good. A very, very good player for the Bulldogs. Of course, spent some time at the Tigers, also in the UK, and, of course, was a part of... And it does sometimes get forgotten, but a part of that 2014 New South Wales State of Origin winning team alongside Trent Hodgkinson at the time, his Bulldogs half, half's partner. Of course, played in the grand final 2014. Uh, was pretty sure he's in the 2012 grand final as well for the Bulldogs. Um, and has played a handful of first-grade games this year, was brought in by the Bulldogs. I don't think anyone thought he was going to play a whole heap of games. He probably actually this year played more games than people probably expected him to play before the season started. And again, being selfless and giving up his top 30 position so they can get Toby Sexton in permanently. But got me thinking, and as I say, he's a bit more than a cold hero, but cold heroes, your your favourite, and and he wasn't a one-club player, but... For all intents and purposes, his heart has always been with the Bulldogs. So your favourite cult heroes, and let's throw in favourite one-club players as well. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170 And cult heroes doesn't just have to be in rugby league. It can be in any sport. One-club players as well, you can throw them in as well. But we'll go cult heroes this morning. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 I'll get to what some of Josh Reynolds had to say in a minute. But I remember 
Um, I just happened to be at Belmore Oval when he played his last game there back in 2017. Now, I'm not a Bulldogs fan. I was there uh, for work. Um, and anyone that was there or who was watching it on TV will remember the scenes. It was played on some news services last night as well. Um, took everyone sort of by surprise, I think, when everyone ran onto the field five or six years ago. I'm not sure that will happen again this year. But an amazing player for a very long time and, again, very selfless. Uh, so it's going to be an emotional day, you'd think, at Belmore Oval uh, this weekend. Saturday afternoon, they play. So he's 34 years old now. Um, and he will get his fairy tower finish. Uh, although he won't be playing NRL, he will be playing uh, New South Wales Cup for the Bulldogs. And I tell you what, look, Belmore Oval always a very special place to play. I've called a lot of New South Wales Cup games at Belmore Oval. But all of them, from memory, have been standalone games. I dare say this could be the biggest crowd a New South Wales Cup game has got for a long time, maybe outside finals and grand final. I think a lot of people that would have been turning up for the NRL match will be turning up even earlier to watch this for Josh Reynolds. Now, he didn't play New South Wales Cup or NRL last weekend, and he broke the news to his teammates yesterday before fronting the media. And he said, and uh, you'll probably hear some of this uh, definitely in breakfast with Vossi and uh, uh, Copes this morning, but he was pretty emotional. And he said, I decided to hang the boots up. It's so hard to think about footy not being part of my life anymore, but it's time. This club means more to me than the game, to be honest. I honestly wouldn't be the person I am today if I didn't start here. Even just these boys being in here right now, I'm going to miss that so much because I've been chasing the feeling ever since I left and I finally got it back. I've got so many good memories. The thing I'm probably going to miss the most is being able to compete and never in my career have I gone into a game not wanting to compete. And he went on to say this year has been one of the best years of my career because there's been moments because I've been a part of the, some of these guys' lives since they were kids and to be able to play with some of them is very special. Uh, it's been a massive ride. What a roller coaster career it's been on and off the field. Uh, yeah, so Josh Reynolds announcing his retirement effective after this weekend. He did play seven seasons for the Bulldogs before joining the West Tigers in 2018, moved to the Super League in 2021 uh, before returning to the Bulldogs this year. Um, and he uh, was rewarded with the final spot in the Dogs' top 30, but he did give that up last week so the club could sign up-and-coming halfback Toby Sexton, who was very good on Saturday night in their win against the South Sydney Robodos. So well done to Josh Reynolds on a very, very good career. Uh, excellent career, really, when you think about what he has done, been part of grand finals, been part of uh, state of origin winning sides, spent some time in the Super League. Uh, so, and I think, as I say, I think Saturday will be a very, very emotional day uh, for everyone. Uh, that is going to be heading out to Belmore Oval. 0457 736 736 is our text number, or 1300 1170. So your cult heroes, your cult heroes, what do you reckon? Um, your one club players, your favourite players, cult heroes. I mean, as I say, Josh Reynolds, probably a bit more than a cult hero, but he's definitely up there, uh, isn't he? Uh, good luck to him for whatever happens next for him at seven and a half past five. Now, um, State of Origin tomorrow night. It is sort of... Again, I said this before game two, and maybe more understandably heading into this game being a dead rubber, although you listen to anyone that's playing in this game or anyone that's ever played State of Origin and they say no origin is ever a dead rubber. But I think, again, the build-up a little quiet 
Again, will be very interesting to see how many people turn up there tomorrow night at a core stadium. Interesting article in the Sydney Morning Herald uh, this morning about how many Blues players would get the nod right now if Australia were to play next weekend in an international. And looking at uh, some of the signs that have been suggested, there's not many of them. So here's a question for you, Queensland New South Wales fans. If an Australian side was going to be picked tomorrow, who would you have in your Australian side from the New South Wales team? Whether it be on performance last uh, over the two games this year, performance at club level this year, or maybe just performance overall generally and they've done enough to keep their spot. Who would you have in your New South Wales team from the Australian, uh, from, who would you have in your Australian team from the New South Wales team if international football was going to be played tomorrow? 0457 736 736, our text number. Call the open line anytime as well. 1300 01 1170. Who would you have? What New South Wales players would you have in your Australian team? Now, you look at some people like Latrell Mitchell and Nathan Cleary. Well, you can probably throw them in as well because they'll probably get a chance. But I w- again, I would probably say that if based on just one game, but if you're looking at Nathan Cleary and Daly Cherry Evans as your Australian halfback right now, well, Cleary is younger and will have longer ahead of him, one would think, as the Australian halfback. But Daly Cherry Evans has been playing some good footy, not just for Queensland, but also for Manly. Um, I saw him live a couple of weeks ago. So from which plays? From New South Wales. It doesn't even have to be. Again, you can throw Luttrell Mitchell in if you want. But from New South Wales, which players would make your Australian team if there was going to be, say, a World Cup like we had last year on the agenda? 0457 736 736, our text number or 1300-01-1170. And we'll have a chat with Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast about this shortly. Um, But David Warner, Pat Cummins has refused to commit to David Warner being picked for the third test, uh, fourth test beginning at Old Trafford next Wednesday. I'll ask Paul a little later on. Mitch Marsh, he came in for this third test and his first innings was brilliant. So it's going to be hard. I mean, Mitch Marsh is almost undroppable, isn't he? Heading into this fourth test. Cameron Green, of course. Maybe they can play both of them. Does David Warner keep his spot in your team? And I know there were some texts to breakfast with Fossey and Copes yesterday morning about potentially dropping Warner. Maybe Travis Head opening the batting. Maybe maybe Manus Lubbershane moving to open the batting. Maybe Cameron Green. Does David Warner keep his spot? And do you pick Mitch Marsh and Cam Green together for the fourth test? Australia leading the series, as we know, 2-1. What do you reckon? 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 01 1170, our open line number. Does David Warner keep his spot? I remember all summer long we were talking about this, and it may be a part of this upcoming summer as well, potentially, about... David Warner and whether he's going to be able to keep his spot. And then he's probably done enough up until the last test where he only scored four and one to take the pressure off him. But is he in your team for the fourth test at Old Trafford starting next Wednesday? 0457 736 736 
or 1300-0111-70. So that's just some of the stuff on our agenda. As I say, uh, we'll update you on Wimbledon. There's some news around the RLPA and the NRL. Uh, also, uh, a bit of other NRL news as well, which we'll get to you uh, after the break. Uh, 1300-0111-70, the open line number. You can text 0457-736-736. We'll get to your calls in just a second. Also, your text Colt Heroes on the back of Josh Reynolds retiring. You can throw in one club players as well. 1300-0111-70. New South Wales. What New South Wales players would be in your Australian team if they were to play next week? We know they're 2-0 down in the series. What New South Wales players would be in your Australian team? And also, David Warner, does he survive? And do you pick Mitch Marsh and Cam Green together for the fourth test? What would you do? 0457 736 736 is the text number. 1300 1170 to your calls, your texts, and more of the news of the day next. It's 13 past five. 17 and a half past five. This is Tradies News in a nutshell. 1300 1170 our text number. You can call, uh, no, 1300 1170 is our open line number. Our text number is 0457 736 736. We'll get to some news surrounding Parramatta in a second. Also, uh, more news coming out of the RLPA. Daily Cherry Evans spoke yesterday and a bit of news surrounding the Roosters this weekend as well and we're asking your favorite cold heroes on the back of josh reynolds announcing his retirement effective from saturday who's been your favorite players uh you can throw in one club players i know he spent time other uh, places but he did say his heart yesterday he said it himself his heart is that the bulldogs uh, if you were picking an australian rugby league team now to play an international to play a world cup how many new south wales players make it into that australian team who would you pick one two three four more what do you reckon? 0457 736 736. And on the cricketing front, Dave Warner, and we'll speak to Paul Dennett after the next break. Dave Warner, does he keep his place in the side? Do you play Mitch Marsh and Cam Green at the same time? What would you do if you're the Australian coach, if you're an Australian selector? 1300 01170 0457 736 736. Let's go to the open line. First up is Mark from Brisbane. Morning to you, Mark. G'day, Dan. How are you, mate? Good. How are you? All right, buddy. Um, basically, three that aren't playing at the moment, Nathan, Tom and Latrell, mm. they'll be in the team. Yep. But uh, the only two I can think of is Jake and Payne Haas. Yeah. Well, I agree with you about, uh, well, Nathan, Latrell and Tom, yeah. I mean, Latrell Mitchell would be straight into that team. And you look at the team that won the World Cup last year, there probably wouldn't be that many changes. But it is interesting when you look through the New South Wales lineup for tomorrow, Mark, um, and you see how they've played over the first couple of games, not surprising that most people would think the side would be dominated by Queensland players. Correct. Yeah, and basically, I mean, look, as I said, base, getting Jake back definitely helps him tomorrow. Yes. I mean, I'm a Queensland fan, so I'm certainly not a um, not upset we're up 2-0. But um, looking forward to the game this weekend to see, and hopefully Jake and DC play at Brookvale on Saturday. So you a, ma- you a Manly fan, Mark? <laughs> yeah, I am, mate. We're coming down this weekend. We're driving down on Friday, so can't wait for the game. So I was. Uh, I just arrived at work, thank God. <laughs> that, that, that's that's commitment, Mark, uh, to drive all the way down. I was at Brookvale Oval uh, not last Sunday, but the Sunday before that uh, for the Manly Roosters game, which was an excellent game. Um, 
And I hadn't been to Brookvale for a few years. And, and uh, nothing better than a Sunday afternoon on a hill, I think on the hill, I think it was about 17,000 people there. It, it, I, I think I said at the top of the show last week, last Monday, it would be great to get more daytime footy at places like that. Manly, this, give them a chance to make the eight. They came good, at least against uh, the Roosters the other night, or the other last week. Yeah, yeah that, look, mate, they're one point out of the eight. And definitely, this, this is a, certainly a four-point game. But... um. If any time to meet them, I know the Cowboys are playing well, but any time to meet them now is straight after the State of Origin because they're going to have quite a few players who are going to be sore just like us. So we've only got True. the two and they got, what, four or five. True. So it's certainly a good time to meet them. Hopefully we can do the right thing and uh, get the win on Saturday. It's um, down to Tamworth, ticking up a couple of the guys who run the Facebook page for Manly and we're going to have a big weekend. <laughs> Very good, mate. That is commitment. Enjoy it. Uh, enjoy the footy as well and enjoy your weekend in Sydney, mate. I call no, I, I'll give you a call on Monday. Yes. I'll ring you Monday and let you know how it went. Yes, give, a, <laughs> give us a review. I'll be interested to hear uh, how the whole weekend went and I hope for your sake, Manly, get up. Thanks, mate. Well, Chad, I look forward to that call on, Matt, uh, on Monday to hear about that, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Dan. See you, buddy. Bye. Uh, thanks, mate. Mark, on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Let's keep going with calls. Will, also from Brisbane on the line. Morning, Will. Morning, Dan. How, How are you, buddy? Good, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. Like I was saying before, and you paid me to say out loud on air, <laughs> um, your, uh, your knowledge is, is brilliant and the depth of it is great, mate. Really love hearing your insight into the games. And, um, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you, mate. Uh, the, uh, now, the money's on its way. In regards to the Blues, in regards to the blues team, mm. uh, I, I don't see many of them making them, but that's a biased Queensland view. <laughs> but there's a young guy from uh, Penrith, Liam. Um, he has stood up huge. Um, he, he's been massive. Liam Martin? Of late. Yeah. I think I think he would definitely have warranted um, at least be in the um, squad. Yep. Um, I, probably, I probably wouldn't take Cleary. Uh, I think he's been well outplayed by his halves opposition. Mm. Um, and, and that's just me. You know, you've also got the injury concerns there and so forth. And it's a little bit like that with Luttrell, except his sheer brilliance. Mm. You just kind of want there anyway, because he can do anything on any given day. It's interesting with... Uh, oh, look, yeah, I agree with you, Luttrell. I think he would uh, definitely be there. It's interesting, Ray Nathan Cleary, and it, uh, it's a bit of a shame um, we're not he- heading into a World Cup year this year, because there was that debate, wasn't there, last year, Will, about whether they're going to pick Cleary or Cherry Evans. And we saw through the first few games of the World Cup that um, they interchanged who they were going to play. I think at one stage they both played together before they set it on Nathan Cleary. It would be interesting to see what would happen this year. And I don't know if Australia are scheduled to play any games. I think they are, but uh, I think there's a few things that have to uh, go ahead with that, with, of course, the RLPA and all that stuff going on in the background at the moment. But, yeah, look, Cherry Evans, I think he's in the great form at the moment. As I said, not just for Queensland, but he's playing really well for Manly as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, on the cricket front, yep. I think, who, who do you put throw in instead of Warner? Mm-hmm. And um, and Green, um, he's not it. I mean, that was smashing him around the park mm-hmm. um, the other week. And, yeah, his batting might be okay, um, but it, it's certainly not brilliant. If Warner gets it together, it can be brilliant. Maybe shake him up a fair bit, though, and get him out of opening and put him all the way down to four. Mm-hmm. Then he might get the second new ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, But if not, um, he might really... Um, give us some rattle in the middle order. Um, and that might also awaken either Lorbergine or maybe even Smith that you've um, gone and moved all the way up into um, 
into the number one or two batsman. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to catch up with Paul Dennett uh, shortly from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Um, I'll put that too. And there's a text uh, uh, to the breakfast show in Sydney yesterday saying a similar thing. Will it is an interesting one. Um, I, I know they would probably be a bit nervous about moving players out of their normal spots. But you make a good point. Look, Dave Warner hasn't been in great form, although his first two tests weren't too bad. But then do you throw someone in like a Marcus Harris or do you move like a Travis Head to uh, open that? Whatever they do, whether they pick Warner or they move uh, players around, I think either way it's going to be a risk. It has to be, whatever way they go. Well... You know they've got Warner's measure at the moment, don't they? He never, mm. he hasn't caught, scored a huge amount of runs. Mm. Um, he looks scared out there. Mm. He has one or two good shots, but it, they look nervous. Mm. I don't know. He's just a bunny in the headlights. And and to get rid of him, mm. who do you throw in that could win in Ashes? You know, yeah, the thing true. is, he's got the experience. True, true. All right, mate. Thank yeah. you for the call, Queensland, to win tomorrow night. Hundred percent. Thought yeah. you might thought you might say so, that. So we'll up at the Apple Cup. I'll go down there. I think they've only won two games down there in recent years. Mm. Um, other than that, New South Wales has the wood on them. Mm. But at the end of the day, they're just strong. They're united. They're together. The Blues are a little bit of a shambles. They might step up, mm. but these guys just click. Yeah, they've been playing good footy. Thanks, Will. Call any time, mate. Enjoy the game tomorrow night. Cheers, mate. Same to you. Uh, and you can join uh, Will and Mark on the open line anytime throughout this show, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. This from Matt. He says Blues for the Aussie team. Uh, Josh Adokart not on form, but past performances can't be ignored, and that's right. Uh, and I think it would be the same. I see in the Sydney Morning Herald today, uh, both people naming their team wouldn't have. Um, James Tedesco in there. Now, Tedesco hasn't been in great form for New South Wales, or to be fair, for the Roosters. But I think probably still his past performances would probably entitle him to be there. Um, he, he also says Josh Adokar always thrives for Australia. Cam Murray, Liam Martin only. He also says Colt Heroes on the back of Josh Reynolds. Uh, Hazamel Masri, uh, Panu Vatafai, and Semi Radradra. Well, Semi Radradra. Uh, fa- thank you, Matt. Fantastic player for the Parramatta Reels. Um, how how good would it be if you could have Sivo for Parramatta and Radradra on the other wing? Fantastic. Thank you for the text. Keep them coming in. 0457 736 736, our text number. All the calls, 1300 0111 70. Talking cold heroes this morning. Talking about um, who you would have in your Australian team from New South Wales if it was to be picked for a game next week. And Dave Warner, does he keep his spot for the fourth test? over in England starting next Wednesday at Old Trafford or do you pick someone else? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy or oh four five seven seven three six seven three six. I'll update you in Wimbledon shortly as well. Before that, just a bit of other rugby league news that you can buy into. At Parramatta five eight, Dylan Brown has accepted his seven match ban and fine from the NRL but is set to be slapped with an additional sanction by the Eels today as the club looks to send a message about the behaviour and standards they expect of their players. Uh, It's understood that Brown will be fined at least $20,000 by the Eels, having pleaded guilty to two counts of sexual touching in a Sydney court last week. He'd already been handed a long ban and a $40,000 fine, half of which was suspended by the NRL after being charged by police following a boozy night out in Sydney's eastern suburbs last month. He is due to return to the field in the run-up to the finals, but in the short term will be, exp- will be expected to undergo education as part of his, uh, of his rehabilitation. 
now, Brown had five business days to respond to the NRL sanctions, and it is understood the deadline passed yesterday afternoon. He is due to make his comeback for the Eels in round 23 in their game against St. George Illawarra. Uh, Brown was initially charged with five counts of sexual touching by police uh, after lawyer David Newham told court that his client had consumed between 15 to 20 drinks after a six-hour period on the night of the incident. The Eels have now waned in with a fine of their owners. They look to close the book on the matter. So another $20,000 fine for uh, Dylan Brown, and he'll be back in round 23 against the St. George Illawarra Dragons. Um, and just on the RLPA, uh, the ongoing stoush, Daily Cherry Evans has declared the next move is up to the NRL following the controversial media boycott. The Queensland skipper insists he won't turn his back on Queensland's passionate fans when he receives the State of Origin Shield on Wednesday night. The RLPA last week announced, as we know, NRL players would boycott media commitments on game days due to the long-running collective bargaining agreement spat with head office. The NRL and Players Union have not been able to reach an agreement on multiple issues during a 20-month pay dispute. The RLPA has requested an independent mediator be called to f- in to finalise negotiations and strike a new five-year agreement. Cherry Evans said yesterday, the message is loud and clear. We just want progress to take place. It's as simple as that. What we've done is we've put a stake in the ground. We really want this thing done. We don't want to spend our time worrying about a negotiation, but this negotiation is important to the playing group, so we want it done. We want it done sooner rather than later. Hopefully, by doing this, we can bring everyone into a room and get it done. I don't have the answer to how long it will go on. We've made really clear intentions as a playing group what we want. The next move is up to the NRL to get us in a room and get it done. Um, so there you go. Um, no real talk about strike action, but there has been talk uh, from Daily Terry Evans, but there has been talk about strike action over the course of the weekend, uh, potentially, if that is the next step. So that will be interesting. He did though confirm he would make an accepted speech post match, uh, despite the uh, media ban at the moment. So there you go. Oh, four, five, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six, our text number or one, three hundred oh one eleven seventy cold heroes. Who would you be picking in the new South Wales team? I the Australian team from new South Wales. If it was to be named tomorrow and David Warner, does he come into that Australian? Well, does he stay in the Australian team? Or do you make changes? 0457-736-736 is our text number. one 1170 We'll update you on Wimbledon. Get to more of your texts and speak to Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast next. It's 29 to 6. 25 to 6, Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in just a second. This text from Ryan. Cold heroes, former players, Ruben Wiki, Raiders and the Warriors. Yes, great player for both clubs. And my favourite, Nathan Merritt, Souths and Sharks. And back to uh, South. Thank you, Ryan. Yep, very good player. Nathan Merritt as uh, well, especially for South Sydney. And this one, uh, no name on this one, are the people talking about dropping Warner, the same people that take offence when you mention dropping uh, Tedesco. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. There might be. Uh, there might be. Thank you for the text. Keep them coming in 0457 736 736 or 1300 011170. Let's stick with cricket now and talk to Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. 
Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Tuesday morning. Keep those calls, texts coming in. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or you can text 0457 736 736. Time to talk some cricket now. And from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast is Paul. Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Tuesday morning. Keep those calls, texts coming in. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, or you can text 0457 736 736. Time to talk some cricket now. And from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast is Paul Dennett. He's on the line. Morning to you, Paul. Hey, Dan. How are you going? Yeah, very, very well. Uh, before we get into the cricket, how was your sleeping patterns over the weekend? Uh, absolutely bonkers. And I'm slowly... <laughs> trying to resume some sort of normality. I have consumed so much caffeine over these last few days that I'm in a, a bit of a permanent twilight zone. So I'm happy with the, the fact that there's a bit of a break between now and the next test match. You know, they're, they're elite athletes. So I like to think I'm an elite watcher, but I need a bit of a break. Yeah, not until next Wednesday. So you've got a fair bit of a break before we're back into it for the fourth test. All right, let's get your thoughts on what unfolded there at Headingley. Another exciting test match. England getting the victory. So 2-1 now in the series, heading to Old Trafford for the fourth test next week. It was a game that was interrupted a little by rain, but other than that, it moved really, really quickly. And England too good for Australia, just... Yeah, another great game of cricket. Um, and I was reading Gideon Haig about it. And he made the point that quite conceivably, Australia could be leading 3-0 right now and England could be leading 3-0 right now. Yeah. They've just been three knife-edge matches. Um, it was As much as an Aussie, it would have been awesome for us to win, to be able to say, right, that's it, 3-0. Good, good luck with baseball, guys. We've come and knocked you out in straight <laughs> sets. It's kind of good for cricket. That, yeah. um, I could just see that the, the energy would have just gone completely out of the ashes and they would have been, right, Premier League starting soon. Let's mm. talk about that. And that would, be, that would be the end of it. Now we've got um, eight or nine days between here and the, the next test where it'll be bubbling away. And that'll be really exciting, that fourth test. So it's really living up to um, the, the, the big hype, I suppose. Mm. Oh, and I had that discussion with a friend of mine over the weekend. Now, clearly, you want Australia, if you're Australian, you want Australia to win. If you're English, you want England to win. But I must say, in terms of keeping the interest level levels alive, not just over in the UK, but I think to an extent here as well, because, you know, everyone would be happy if Australia had gone 3-0 up. And, of course, there's going to be interest in Test 4, Test number 5, if that's the case. But we are competing still with the football season that's heading into both NRL and AFL, heading into the final part of the season, which uh, gets a lot of attention at this part of the year. So the fact that it's still alive, anyone's uh, series, I think is a good thing for cricket and it's good for the interest level of the Ashes for this uh, this series. Massively. And massively in Australia as well. It's yeah. a very good point because um, we, we unfortunately do have this upcoming summer that's not as exciting mm. potentially as some of the ones that we've had in the past. And uh, with every year, Rugby League and AFL just seem to be getting you know, even bigger and bigger. And, and so there's that competition for eyeballs that there once wasn't. So it, it is significant here. It's, it's significant elsewhere as well. There's loads of Indians um, watching it um, too. So it's, 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 good for, it's good for the game of test cricket. That's why in, even State of Origin, you still sort of want to decide it. Even though you support a particular team, you want the matches to mean something. And it certainly does 2-1. It was a great match at Headingley. Uh, let's look at the Australian team first. Probably the standout performer, of course, Mitch Stark on the last day, five for 78. That was fantastic. But Mitch Mar- in the first innings, uh, called in. No one, as a lot of people probably woke up on Friday morning, it was, probably didn't even realise he was playing if they'd missed the news or missed any of day one. In for Cameron Green, he was fantastic. And now, uh, whilst you talk about Mitch Marsh, I suppose the question is, can Australia pick both Mitch Marsh and Cam Green heading into the fourth test next week? 
Oh, it's a stunning, um, a stunning development because Mitch Marsh. It's famously everyone's um, talking about his form year in year out. Should he be in the side? Should he not be in the side? His his test record has been modest, but really in the last couple of years he has grown on me uh, a lot as a cricketer. I've always liked him from afar as a, as a person, but mm. he just seems to have taken another step. And that innings, I mean, some of the shot making, the 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 combination of timing and power. He was dispatching some of those English bowlers. So yeah. to come back in for his first test in four years and make 118 off 118 um, was just electrifying. He bowled pretty well as well. And I'm a massive fan of Cameron Green, but I just can't see how you leave Mitchell Marsh out of the side, mm. um, which then prompts the question, well, do you... I mean, this talk, obviously, we'll, we'll get on to probably David Warner, but if mm. you drop David Warner... Do you then bring Cameron Green in and open with him, or do you bring in um, Cameron Green, make Travis head open, and, and, mm. and go down somewhere down that path? Um, I, I personally just think that when you play that well, um, if you're picking your your best side for the next test match, Mitchell Marsh has to be in there. Mm. Paul, just before we get to David Warner, just a question on Todd Murphy. We spoke about him last week. Didn't get much of a bowl in the second innings where England went on to win. Do you see there's a potential opportunity that they may not pick a spinner for the fourth test at Old Trafford, or do you still think Todd Murphy will be there? And do you, uh, Were you a bit surprised with their tactics in the way they used Todd Murphy over both innings? I think they'll be likely still to pick him. Mm. Uh, I think that uh, unless it came up as a, as a real green top, mm. then Australia tend to want to always have a spinner. Mm. Um, he, he bowled well at, in, in, in a way in the sense that he was getting a lot of drift and Looked pretty good, uh, but he got you know ran into Ben Stokes going absolutely mm. crazy in the first innings, and yes, there was a feeling that maybe he should have been given a bowl earlier than he was in the second innings. I, I just think it's it's one of these matches where I know that Moen Ali got a couple of key wickets. Uh, he got Smith and Labuschagne out, uh, but they're kind of soft dismissals. I just don't think it was a pitch that really favoured spinners all that much, and I think that you know it'd be, it'd be the right thing to do to just say, we'll give Todd Murphy a pass on this. It wasn't a, a game that spinners were going to dominate. Um, let's not read too much into it. All right. So the big question, Mark, we think heading into the fourth test from the batting point of view is Dave Warner. Now, he did enough, I think, in the first two tests to probably get the pressure away from him. And we know really all throughout the Australian summer, last summer, there was all this talk about Dave Warner. Then what, about a month ago, he said, this is basically when I'm going to retire. And he named or nominated the SCG test coming up in the new year. But his performance at Headingley, out for four in the first innings, out for one in the second innings, has he done enough in this series to keep him there? And I did see an interesting tweet on the weekend. I think it was Sunday morning, basically just saying that, look, if Australia had won the third test, then, yeah, you probably pick David Warner. If they don't, maybe you don't pick David Warner. Where do you sit? It's going to be an interesting thing to see what they do. It just shows how quickly things turn because yes. you're right. Um, he'd done enough in that first in the, in the game against India and the first two test matches to sort of push, put a bit of cold water on that debate. But it was the manner of his dismissals in this game that really hurt him. And especially, you know, that second innings, um, he looked pretty awkward against Stuart Broad and then nicks to, to the slips. 17th time that Broad has got him out in his career. And it just prompted an avalanche on social media of why are we picking this guy? The same thing's going to happen in the fourth test as well. Uh, I actually still would pick him. And I think they just will still pick him as well. And I, I just think that... Um, the alternative, Marcus Harris, good player and has had some good records, uh, good results in English county cricket. 
probably going to have the same sort of challenges that Warner does. Um, I, I think that Warner's still a better option there. But the idea of saying maybe you could open up with Travis Head to find a way to get Cameron Green back into the side. Again, I'm a huge fan of Cameron Green, but he hasn't done enough with the bat over there in, the, in this series or the ball to make me want to go down that path either. So if it's up to me, I'm going in with pretty much the same 11 in this test match. And I think ultimately... That's what they will. The one change I think they probably will make is they'll bring Hazelwood back in for bowling. Yeah, who didn't take a wicket. And with the batting lineup as well, Paul, you don't you, you don't want to be mucking around. I know Steve Smith and Amanis Lohishane didn't really succeed in this test match just gone, but you don't want to be mucking around with any of the batting order. We had a text in to breakfast yesterday on SCN 1170 with Vossi and Trent Copeland suggesting that maybe they just move Marnus Lubbershane to open the batting and then move everyone up a, a position. But I think that just mucks around with the batting order a bit too much. They're very reluctant to do that sort of thing. Mm. Um, you're right. And it, you'll, you'll see things where sometimes when an opener gets injured during the game, that they'll end up bringing someone from number eight or nine up to open just so that three, four, five, six, seven remain untouched. So mm. I can't see them opening with uh, Lubbershane because it also invites huge criticism you could do that and it could fail, even though it might be the right thing to do. And you, you then just get all the ex-players coming out and saying, why are you, um, you know, Ian Chappell loves to say, don't weaken a strength to strengthen a weakness. Um, and so I think that, but I still think it comes down to the fact that if I've got my life on the line for the fourth test, I'm happy enough with Warner being in there. Um, I, I think he could still do something. He's got a few decent scores in this tour mm. and um, yeah I'm just falling down on the side of him still being inside. Just before we touch on the England side what did you make of some of the Australian tactics in this game? Yeah it's interesting um, specifically right at the end where um, the, the field was pushed back straight away um, to Mark Wood. Uh, Mark Wood who had come out in the mm. first innings and scored 24 off eight yeah. um, and belted uh, some runs in the second. I think there's a stat that of all players who've ever scored 40 or more in a test match, where there exist balls recorded, this is the fastest 40 in, in the history of test cricket that he scored across the two innings. And I just think that when he came out, I thought, oh, they're going to put the field back and he is going to take it on. And you just felt, oh, he, the Australian side is so good. He is a, a tail ender. Trust yourselves to bowl a little bit more conventionally, have a few more fielders in, Take the risk that he is going to smash a few for, to the fence, but ultimately you'll probably still get him out. I think that the, the way that they chose was kind of a little bit too conservative and it ultimately didn't pay off. But I think ultimately it's one of these things where either side is going to feel aggrieved to have lost that game given it was so close. And Mark Wood had a fantastic test match with the ball as well. Going to be interesting to see what they do, isn't it, Paul, with this fourth test. Does Jimmy Anderson come back in? We know Ollie Robertson has picked up an injury and Josh Tung was excellent in the second test as well. Absolutely. I think I'd be bringing Josh Tung back in um, in place of Ollie Robinson, who was, has been disappointing in this series. I thought he was going to be their, their best bowler. He has been um, very disappointing. Um, the temptation to bring Jimmy Anderson in is enormous because you get to say, here comes Jimmy Anderson bowling from the Jimmy Anderson end one last time, potentially. Uh, <laughs> not often you have your, your own grandstand named mm. after you well before you end up playing. Um, and I, I suppose it also does come down to the, the type of pitch that they produce and, and the weather conditions. But I thought the tongue was very impressive in the first, um, in, in the in the last test match, the one before this. Um, and so I think that if I was the selectors, I'd be saying to Jimmy Anderson, I'm sorry, um, you're not in this test, which then could mean that could be it for, for Jimmy Anderson in the Ashes, which would be sad, but 
sometimes you've got to be brutal. And just one final question before we let you go. Ben Stokes, he seemed to pick up or have an injury from the bits and pieces that I was watching over the course of the weekend. Do you think he'd be in any kind of doubt? He did seem to be struggling uh, in periods during that match. He's unbelievable. It's just yeah. like, he just seems like bits of his body are getting chipped off consistently. <laughs> He's, he keeps on getting hit um, amidships and then falling over and then I think landing on his knees and that hurts his knees even more. Mm. Yet he's, he's like the bionic man. He just keeps on dragging himself up. He's got like a, a healing factor and just keeps on going. Um, I just think he'll go and lie on a beach somewhere for a few days and come back and he, his knee is going to be a problem no matter what. Mm. Uh, but I, I'd be very surprised if, the, if they can find a way to keep him out of the side. That's uh, a good series that we are in 2-1. It'll either go, well, could be a draw, but if it's not a draw, it'll either be Australia 3-1 or 2 all. And wouldn't that be exciting heading into the final test? Although, yes, we'd like Australia to win. I think there would be a lot of interest if it was 2 all as well heading into that final test. Paul, great stuff. Go and catch up on some more sleep. We may chat uh, if anything big breaks over the next few days before the fourth test, but we'll definitely have a chat next week leading up to get your thoughts on what may unfold at Old Trafford. Sounds great. Thanks, Dan. Thank you, mate. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast talking all things cricket. And a couple of texts on the back of that. This from John from Clear Mountain. Morning, Dan. I think Warner will be given the opportunity to play out the series. And if he's a true champion, he may get a few runs when we need him to. Also in Cold Heroes, how about Fui Fui Moi Moi from the Eels? Uh, I loved his song, Fui Fui Plai. Yes, yeah, good song. Uh, thank you, uh, John from Clear Mountain. Yes, I remember that song. Uh, and Bondi Jack says, Paul and Dan, if we're heading down the path of dumping Warner, in what world would we entertain the prospect of playing the perennial failure, failure Harris, who will haul out square of the wicket to Broad and Co. Firstly, Marsha Murphy must play both ahead of Green. Mitch showed the way. Uh, Renners has earned the summer opening spot. Thank you from Bondi Jack. Matthew Renshaw, thank you. Another interesting take, one we didn't mention, but good text. Thank you, Bondi Jack. More text and a Wimbledon update for you next. It's coming up to 10 to 6. Time for a Wimbledon update. Wimbledon caught a final start tonight on Stan Sport. Watch every match ad-free, centre court and in 4K. And, of course, the Australasian Academy of Tennis Coaches, AATC.Tennis. Wins to Novak Djokovic overnight. Hogarun Sitsipas went down to American Eubanks in a five-setter. Daniel Medvedev won as well. That was on uh, the men's side of things. And from the women's side of things, wins to Madison Keynes. Uh, Keys, uh, Rabinka uh, won as well. Rabikina, sorry, won as well. Um, and also Yubur over Kvitova. So that is a bit of a Wimbledon update for you. More with Brett Phillips in the breakfast shows. Don't forget the Wimbledon quarterfinal start tonight on Stan Sport. Getting to the business end. Watch every match ad-free, centre court and in 4K. Junior Smithy says, morning down. Only Liam Martin and Cameron Murray are the only two that would make the Australian team for mine. On Colt Heroes, uh, Willie Mason, Alan Tung, Sivo and Tommy Rodonikus. And on the cricket, maybe we can move head to opener and bring Green back in for Warner and Hazelwood for Boland. Thank you for that text, Junior Smithy. Another one saying Fui Fui Moi Moi, Cold Hero number one. This one says Latrell Mitchell, Liam Martin was one of Australia's best in the World Cup, then Payne Haas. Anthony says surely Brian Tuo is the first winger picked, then only Martin and Murray. And from Peach, he says Joe Nalaval and Tony Pulatua, the Hair Bears from the Penrith Panthers back in uh, their premiership winning year in 2003. Thank you, Peach. Thank you for your texts and your calls. Back tomorrow with our Origin Preview. Breakfast coming up next with Patton Hills in Queensland, Vossie and Copes in Sydney. I'll catch you tomorrow morning from 5am.